John chapter 15, verse 10. Look what it says. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandment, commandments and abide in his love. I want to talk about this morning staying in love with Christ. Staying in love with Christ. Amen? Staying in love with Christ. We talked about staying committed to Christ, staying connected to Christ. Today I want to talk about staying in love with Christ. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so very much for your grace and mercy. Thank you this morning for all that you've done for us. Forgive me of my sins. <clears throat> Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Thank you, Lord, for granting me another year to stand before your people. Thank you, Lord, that when we started, we didn't know which way we were going. But you told me to go. And I went. I pray now that you'd bless the preaching of your word one more time. I pray that I may decrease and you may increase. I pray now for the hearts and the minds of your people. Would you bless them now to hear a word from heaven? The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Staying in love with Jesus. One of my favorite movies that I use in counseling for married couples, it's called The War of Roses. The movie was produced in 1989. Some of the characters are Danny DeVito, Michael Douglas, who plays Oliver Rose, and Barbara, who is Kathleen Turner. They met at an auction, and they were making bids on the same item. Oliver chats with Barbara, and they become friends, and before you know it, eventually, they got together and they got married. Out of the marriage, they had two children. Over the years, the roses grew richer. And Barbara finds an old mansion who's, uh, that she, who's the owner just recently passed. And they purchased this mansion. However, the mansion needed work. So while Barbara was forming the family and fixing up the house, Oliver became a very successful partner in a law firm. Barbara, though, appeared to grow tired of her life with Oliver. And at the same time, begin to dislike him and everything he does. As Barbara becomes more cold and distant, Oliver, for his part, cannot think what he had done to earn Barbara's contempt. 
When Oliver believes he's suffering with a heart attack, he actually had a heart attack. Barbara does not show up at the hospital or show any concern for his well-being. In their discussion after he's released from the hospital, she admits she hoped he had died. She ultimately admits that she no longer loves him and wants a divorce. I believe that the same thing happens with our relationship with Christ. I believe after we have built a life around Christianity, built a life with Christ, there comes a point when you get to the point where it starts wearing off. I don't know about you, but I know what the Lord has done for me. And even with knowing that, there are times I question, do I really love the Lord or do I just love the things that the Lord is doing for me? I wish I had somebody. Oftentimes, we find ourselves in this, at this crossroads. And in this series, I've told you that staying committed to him is one of the key things to your prayer life. That's what I told you last week. I told you the week before, staying connected to him is another key thing Amen. In living for Christ. But I believe that love trumps it all. I believe that if you really love a person in spite of their success, in spite of all the things that they've been through in life, I believe that love, the Bible says, after all, God is love. And I believe that the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. The problem with the roses is that they had gotten so busy doing different things in life that they had grown apart. And oftentimes we can be busy serving God. And as I look over my life, as I look over 11 years of pastoring this church, I found out along the way my love started to grow very cold. Not just because, amen, of what I was going through, but because Amen. That in this journey, there are things that will cause your love to grow cold. I can prove it to you. In the book of Revelation, we find that Jesus addresses the seven churches. And in those seven churches, he addressed the fact that some of them had lost their first love. Some of them have walked away from their first love. Some, some of them, their love had grown cold. Some of them, their love was lukewarm. And I say to you this morning that the only way that you and I can continue in this journey is if we stay in love with Jesus. I wish I had somebody. We find today in our passage, and we've been looking through this passage, and I, and I, and I want to say this to you. Falling in love is one thing, but staying in love is another thing. And if you have fallen in love with Jesus, 
And if you are really one who says, you know what, I love him, then you will stay in love with him. And it's through your life and through your commitments to God it proves whether or not that you really love him. There are some no-brainers in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> there are some really no-brainers in the Bible, things that the Bible says, if you, if you stay connected to me, I'll answer your prayer. How else can I answer your prayer if you're not connected to me? Why are you asking me for things, amen, and you have no affiliation with me? I've given you spiritual gifts, are you using them for my glory, but yet you want my blessings? Yet you want my protection. I'm preaching to myself. Amen. Yet you want all these things. You want you and I, we want the benefits, but the question is, are you still in love with Jesus? And if you're going to stay in love with him, there are some key things that you need, you and I should look at in scripture. And we find it here, Jesus is talking about the vine and the branches. The moment that you think that you're the vine, that's where the problem comes in. But Jesus says some things. He, he lays it out and he, he's coming up to the place in this conversation that he's having with the father and the people. And he says, he says here in verse 1, he says, I am the vine. And he, my father is the what? The vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. And sometimes we can misinterpret what we're going through, amen, we're thinking that we're being picked on, but actually we're being pruned. And here's the thing, in order for you to grow, you must be pruned. The pruning process is the taking away of, taking away from, cutting off something so something else can grow. You ever notice that the reason why you're here, the reason why you are where you are in your life is because God had to cut some things out. I wish I had somebody. Had he not cut out that personality of your life, had he not cut out that job or the job that you thought that you're going to be at forever, amen, had he not cut out some stuff, you and I would not be where we are today. We would not have been su as successful as we are today because here's the thing, because God needed to get rid of some stuff in your life. You need to remove some things. And in this, in this pericope of scripture, John 15, I found it pretty interesting because John is talking about so many things. Jesus is talking about so many things about being fruitful and being, you know, being this vibrant uh, branch that, amen, that produces fruit. And, and, and the question is, what type of fruit is he looking from us, from our lives? And he's looking for something. But I believe that you can bear fruit, but that fruit could be sour if you have no love. Amen. I believe that we can be going through the motions. Amen. And, and listen, like the roses, the, you wake up one morning and you realize, you say to yourself, I ain't going no more. You wake up one day and you say, you know what, I don't want nothing to do with this church business no more. But I want to tell you something. 16 years ago, on a cold November day, <laughs> I sat on that mourner's bench. And I remember 
what my Lord did for me. I wish I had somebody. Anybody here remember what the Lord has done for you? Come on, somebody. I, I know that he, he was the one that brought you from where you are. I know it wasn't you that brought you this far. Now, I know that he asked for commitment, but here's the thing. Are you waking up like, like Mrs. Rose saying, I don't care anymore? I don't want no part of this marriage anymore. May I say something to you? The book of Romans says that we are, remember I talked about this in Bible study, that we're no longer married, amen, to the world. We're married to Jesus. And out of this relationship, he wants children. Amen. You got to bear fruit. And so what Jesus is trying to tell us is that the key ingredient, amen, the key ingredient, I believe, to staying committed, connected, is love. Because if I love him, I will show him how much I love him. I know you can't see him, but he sees you. I know you can't hear him, but he hears you. I know you possibly can't even put wrap your mind about how awesome and how wonderful he is, but he has shown you, hasn't he? Does I have anybody here today who can testify that it was nobody? Oh, I wish I had you. I said nobody but Jesus that has brought me this far by faith. Watch this. Watch the text. Verse 10, verse 11 actually verse 11 says I'm sorry verse 9 Jesus goes on to say in verse 8 he says my father is glorified by this that you do what that you bear what much fruit and so what to be what I mean there's some no brainers in scripture I mean he says if you are fruitful you're a disciple if you're just hanging on in this Christian journey, then he's saying something is wrong. Are you really a disciple? You know what a disciple is? A follower, a learner. That's what a disciple is. He says, if you bear fruit, you are proving by your discipleship, come on somebody, by your life, by the way you live, by your commitments, by your connection, he says, you are proving that you really belong to me. Listen, I understand what happens when there's a disconnect because after a disconnect comes divorce. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm saying one more time. After a disconnect, there's a divorce. And what I find out is that there are a lot of people divorcing Jesus. Come on, somebody. Real talk. But he says, if you are truly my disciple, you will be fruitful. Your life will be fruitful. Your lips will be fruitful. Amen. Your walk will be fruitful. Your talk will be fruitful. What you do will be fruitful. He says, listen, every day is not going to be Sunday, but guess what? At least you will bear some fruit to prove that you belong to him. Look what he goes on to say in verse 10. He says, he says, verse 9, he says, just as the Father has, now Jesus now moves into a conversation that's pretty powerful. He says, just as the Father has loved me, I have also what? So what Jesus is saying is, 
The same love, see, this is why I believe that we have to imitate love. I, I believe, and this is why I did this, I'm, well, I haven't continued on because we've been doing our Bible study, but this is why I've been talking about fathered by God. Because a lot of us, we have a hard time loving. Well, first of all, we have a hard time trusting. See, I can't love you if I don't trust you. And it's amazing because the other day the Lord had to get with me on that. <laughs> Amen. I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know. I don't know, Lord. I, you know, I had one of them moments. You know what I mean? I was questioning my, my connection, my commitment. I'm like, you know, I'm having one of these moments. And the Lord said, go to Psalm 121. It said, it, this is what it said. It said, I will lift my eyes to the hill. Watch what, watch what it said. He said, from where shall my help come from? Oh, my help comes from the Lord. And what God was reminding me of, in spite of what you see in your circumstances right now, just know this, the same love my father showed me, I am displaying the same love to you. So I want to just let you know that you don't have to worry about who's going to help you. Because guess what? Your help is already on the way. Now, that's the kind of God I'm talking about. And that's the kind of God that picked us up from where we were and has brought us this far by faith. He says, just as my father has loved me, I also have loved you. He says, abide in my love. In other words, you and I must get wrapped up in his love and don't take his love for granted. Amen, amen. Sometimes we do. We, hey, can I tell the truth? Sometimes we take his love for granted. Sometimes, listen, we don't really understand for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Just as the father has loved me, I have loved you. Stay in love with me. So how do you do that? Isn't that something? I, I, I was like, man, how do you teach a lesson on how to, how, how to stay in love? You know, you would think that's automatic, but when I looked at the roses, I know it's fictional, but when I looked at them, but it's real. After 27 years, after 18 years, I'm sorry, they were after 18 years of building a life together, and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and she looked at him and she slapped him too. She, it was funny in the movie. She, she, she went back and she said, she said, I hate you. And I started to think about that in relation to my message. I'm like, man, is that, is that what we do sometimes? God has been so good to us. But yet the question is, are you still in love with him? Remember when you were in love with him? Hmm? Remember how, how fresh it was? I wish I had somebody. The preacher didn't even have to say boo. You like, whoa, Lord. Now you got to make me work. Now I got to work for amen. You know what I mean? Now, now you're like, yeah, I heard that before. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got to work for an amen every now and then, you know. But remember when you first met him? Come on, somebody. Do you remember how good he was? 
Do you remember how excited you were? You felt like, man, I found something that's greater than anything that I've ever had before. Can I talk to you this morning? Listen, it was so awesome. It was so wonderful. It was, it was mesmerizing. Listen, you would do anything and everything for the Lord. Now, what happened? I'm not talking to you. I'm just saying. Don't get mature. Amen. And think that you can't do the basics. Because if it isn't done with love, if it's not done with love, if it's not done with love, is it really worth it? Amen. Watch the text. He says, now, if you, I'm going to stop right there. You know what the if is, right? Give it to me. It's a what? First class condition. You got it. See, I ain't got to say that no more. First class condition means what? If and it's what? True. So here's the thing. Staying in love with Jesus isn't hard. Amen. It's not hard at all. But there's something that we must learn to do. Something we must learn to do. So, so the first thing I want to say, Jesus is telling us that there's a way to stay in love with him. But there are forces, listen to me real good, that are trying to distract you and pollute your heart. So the first thing you must do is you must guard your heart. You must guard your heart. That's where it begins. That's what happened to Eve. That's what happened in the garden. That's why we're in this mess that we're in right now. Saints, your heart, which is your cardia, which is your mind, which is your intellect, which is everything about you, sometimes the enemy will infiltrate your heart and get you to start feeling indifferent towards even Christ. Have you ever thought about it? Listen, listen it affects your walk. Guard your heart about your walk, about your prayer, about your service, and even your pastor. If you don't, the enemy will. He will attack your heart. He will dismantle your life and he'll get you to believing a lie. And when you're standing in the swamp of life, oh, I wish I had somebody. When you find yourself on quicksand, you'll find out that it was your heart that got tainted. So I encourage you today. If you're going to stay in love with Christ, you must guard your heart. Look what he says next. He says, he says, you see, you must check your heart to see what's really in it. Amen. And if you don't have love there, something is wrong. Are you with me? Look what he says. He says, if you what? Keep my what? Commands. Commandments. Now, the word keep, the word literally means to guard. But it also means 
to prevent something from escaping you. For instance, every time you hear the word, the Bible says, and you do not understand the word, the evil one comes and snatches it from you. So when you hear a word, they're over in the New Testament. I counted, I uh, did a little research on this. 1,000, I think it's 1,000 from Genesis. I'm sorry, no, from Matthew to Revelation. There are, and I'm not, it's not exhaustive, 1,157 commands. That's, that's from Matthew to Revelation. Commands. Imperative moods that God says do. Matthew 28 and 18, Matthew 8, uh, yeah, 28 and 18 says what? Go ye therefore. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek first. Is that a command? So when he says, when he says, watch this, he says, if you do what? If you keep my what? Command. And so it, it pointed me to something that's pretty interesting. Watch this. If you're going to stay in love with Christ, it made a lot of sense to me because I can't hear his voice. I can't see him physically, but I know he's in heaven. But I know one thing, as I said last week, he left me what? The word of God. But what I have to do is not just read it. I have to obey it. I have to apply it. I have to be real about it, right? So, so the next thing we must do, you must obey his word. Makes sense. Because if I love him, I'll obey his word. So if he says to me, he says to me, Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. Listen, I'm going to do it. If he says, go ye therefore and in reach all the world. If he says, go, I'm going to go. But oftentimes, the reason I found out that we're living defeated lives, not, and I remember last week we dealt with prayer, right? But what I found out is that the reason why we're not living a life full of love a life full of peace and joy is because we're not in love with him. Watch this. Because if we really loved him, we wouldn't just open this book on Sunday. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We, we wouldn't just open this book on Tuesday night. We will open this book every day and whatever it tells us to do. As I told you, I had my moment. I went into the word. The Lord said to me in Psalm 121, he says, look to the hill. For, don't, look, look to the hill from which cometh your help. Your help coming from the Lord. Uh, the Lord who never sleeps, no slumber. What God was telling me, you better check yourself. But see, I was able to go to his word and when he told me what he told me, guess what I did immediately? I repented. Guess what I did secondly? I thanked him. Guess what I did thirdly? 
I said, God, I'm going to hold on to this promise and I'm going to start living it. The reason why people are living such defeated lives, saints, is because they not, not only are their prayers not being answered, but they're not applying the word of God because they're not obeying the word. They're reading the word. They're hearing the word. James says, if you keep doing that, you're fooling yourself. He says, you're a double-minded person, unstable in all your ways. In other words, he says, when you pray, you ought not to expect that you would receive anything from the Lord because guess what? There's no obedience to the word. And one of the things I found out is not only must my prayer life be intact, but listen, my obedience to his word. He says, if you keep my commandments, watch this, watch this now. The devil wants you to disobey God's word. Come on, somebody. The word is like no other. Many people are not in love with Jesus, you know why? They don't know the word. Because if you really knew the word, you will know what to do in every and any circumstance. Do I have anybody? And here's the thing. It's, it's a shame to be in church for 15 years and you still can't apply what you have learned. It's a shame to be, amen, going through the storm and you've been sitting in church for a long time and you can't even grab a Bible verse and say, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. I know it's going to be all right. I know it's tough right now. I know it's rough right now. I know I'm going through, but guess what? I know a word. I got a word hidden in my heart that in spite of what I go through, amen, I know I can apply to my current circumstance, but see, it's my love that I am questioning at times because if I cannot apply his word, then the question is, do I really love him? Watch this. Watch this. You know, what, you know what the word commandments mean there in the scripture? The Greek word for commandments means an authoritative, watch this, prescription. Let's say it one more time. An authoritative prescription. It carries the idea of medicine. The word of God is living, is active, is sharper than any two-edged sword, is piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow. It's able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Saints, I want to tell you something. You have something in you. You have something with you. You have holding something in your hand right now that has all power to destroy doubt, to take away the pain that you may be feeling, to take away that distrust that you have for the Lord. I want to tell you something. He loves you and he's proven it to you. Why? Because he went to Calvary. And I don't need no other proof that he loves me. But the question is, where's your proof? Are you with me? Now, I'm not rebuking you. I'm trying to encourage you, all right? <laughs> Amen. So don't, don't take it the wrong way, all right? But here's the thing. If, if, if we're not obeying it, how can we be in love with him? 
He says, if you keep my commandments, watch what he says. Now, now notice what he says. He says, if you, when you keep his command, because here's the thing. To read the Bible is to get into the mind of God. Yeah. Remember that. When you read the word of God, you get into the mind of God. And, and here's the thing. If you're not familiar with this, somebody said to me the other day, well, pastor, I read, but I don't understand. I said, you got to get a version that you understand. Amen. And I recommend the NLT version because the NLT has been translated by modern day seminarian scholars. So, so let's do this. You know what an excuse is? A reason wrapped up in a lie. So there's really no good reason to say, I don't know this because we live in 2016. If you were to whip out your phone right now, you have access to all the tools that you need in order to study the word of God. And then you're part of a church that has a seminary. I wish I had somebody. So if you want to go a little deeper, you can come on with it. But here's the thing. I found something out that I proved that I'm in love with him. And I stay in love with him. The more I read the more I fall giddy for him, the more I get giddy, the more I'm like, ooh, Lord, did you just say that to me? Yeah, I'll never leave you. <laughs> I'll never forsake you. You know, we like those passages. Amen. But, but listen, what about the rebuking passages? What about the passages that set us back straight? You got to love those too. Because whom the Lord loves, come on somebody, he disciplines but he disciplines according to fit the crime. And saints, I have a question for you today. Are you still in love with him? It's a good question. Nobody's answered. Good question. Look what it says. He says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now he says that when you Obey the word, the results is the fact that what? You will now remain in love with me because the more, somebody's getting it, somebody's getting it. The more you read the word, baby, come on somebody. The more you study the word, the more you get engrossed in study, the more you seek his face in this book. He says the longer you're going to stay in him but the more love you're going to have for him. You're going to get, you're going to get more, you're going to feel more in love with him because you'll realize all that he has done for you. They beat him. Come on, somebody. He laid down his life as a sacrifice. He came down 42 generations to this earth. And, and listen, I found out last week, if I'm not in him, my prayer's not being answered. But I found out this week, if I'm not obeying his word, that I'm not really in love with him. So the next thing is, not only must you obey his word, but number three, you must embrace his love. He says, if you abide in me, if you abide, if he says, if you obey my commandment, you will abide in my love. In other words, he says, that word abide means to remain. To stay. 
You're not going to run from him. You're going to embrace his love. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing like being loved by God. There's nothing like being loved by Jesus. Do I have anybody? You see, God is going to do what's best for you. And sometimes you may not understand why or what he's doing. When you're in love with him, it's, when you're in love with his word, it's easy to love him. And you can embrace the love that he shows for you. Sometimes, saints, if you want to be really honest, sometimes we forget all about his love. Sometimes we get wrapped up in our moments. We get wrapped up in our circumstances. We get wrapped up in the things that we're going through. But I want to tell you something. Jesus tells us that if you keep my commands, my commands, you will abide. That's, a, that's an indefinite article. That's, that means that it's true that, listen, it's going to happen that you will abide in his love. That when the world has rejected you, that when family and friends have turned their backs on you, when the job has deserted you, when folks say you're no good anymore, he says, if you keep reading my word, stop allowing people to distract you from the word. Stop letting people tell you that you don't need a word. Stop letting people tell you you don't need to hear preaching. I want to tell you something. It's through preaching that your life is changed and transformed. And I want to tell somebody something today. You got to sit long enough under the word to understand that it's not what you really think it is, but it's simple to those that are saved, but hard for those who are trying to prove a point. Are you with me? The text says, not only that, will you abide in my love? My last point, I'm going to sit down. Y'all making me work today, man. He says, just watch this. So, so here's the thing. So somebody say, well, I don't know how to love Jesus. How can I, how can I love him? How many really love him? Let me, see, let me see your hand if you love him. I'm saying you really love him. I'm saying you really love him. You're madly crazy about him. See, now, if I would say that about you, let me just, how many love your husband? <laughs> there you go, sister. That's right. How many really love your husband? Y'all don't really love your husband. How many love your wife? See, he's the only one that says something. How many of you love your wife? How many of you love your wife? Ask me the same question. Do I love my wife? You better believe it. I love her. How many love her? Come on, if you love somebody, what you going to do? Just when you think about him, what's going to happen? Put a smile on your face. You find what I'm saying? You put a smile on your face. It's going to make you feel all good on the inside. In spite of what y'all going through, amen. You're still going to feel what? 
So, so, so what's going to happen? Quite naturally, you're going to spend time with them, right? What else are you going to do? You're going to talk to them. Not only will you talk to them, but guess what you're going to do? You're going to listen to them. Come on, somebody. See, so your part, your, your, your relationship with God is the same thing. You have to talk and you have to listen. And God is speaking this morning. God is asking you now, how many of you are in love with me? Let me see how many people really, I'm talking about really. See, y'all making me work today. I don't know. I don't know, Lord. What's going on, Lord? Hold on a second. Let me have a conversation with the Lord. How many of you really love the Lord? No, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm talking about really. Come on. You really love him. Okay. How many of you are in love with him? In love. I'm talking about in love. No, no, no. I said in love. How many of you are in love? Man, if, if, if that's what it looks like, I don't want it. I'm going to ask you one more time. I know you're comfortable and cute. How many of you are in love with Jesus? How many of you are really super duper in love? In love. See, when I'm in love with someone, I'm going to feel just like that. It's not going to be hard to get up on a Sunday morning. It's not going to be hard. What do you need me? What do you need me to do? As a matter of fact, because it's a God-given ability or gift, where do you want me? Because I'm in love not with pastor, but I'm in love with Jesus. And he says in his word, if I obey, see the problem is we haven't been obeying his word, y'all. That's the problem. The problem is we've been hearing it, but you know what we're doing? You know, you know how you say, yeah, I'm going to work out today? Yeah. And you look, you got your workout clothes on top of the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the treadmill, but you got a gym membership. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. But you look at it every morning and say, I'm going to work out. I'm going to pay this gym membership. And I'm going to work out. But I have a machine right here. Matter of fact, the reason I got the machine is because what? It's more what? Convenience. And sometimes in our relationship with Christ, we want convenience over sacrifice. So we sit home and watch TV. Church. Come on, somebody. Yeah, uh-huh. That's that, because that's more convenient for us. When we are still paying for what? A membership at the gym. Watch what he says. If you abide in my word, my, if you obey my commands, what would happen? He says, just as I have kept my Father's what? Let me see the last point. I don't know who put this up here, but 
you must remember his example. Now, I don't know about you, but thank God I have a good example. I have a good example in Jesus and how Jesus obeyed. Because watch this. When the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tested 40 days and 40 nights, he obeyed. I wish I had somebody. When, when his own family members rejected him, he obeyed. You see, oftentimes we're looking for excuses not to obey. And oftentimes when things happen in our lives, that's the reason why we stop obeying. When things are not going the way we want it to go, we stop obeying. But I got a good example. I got a good example that no matter how much I have to suffer, I wish I had somebody. I got, I, got a, I got a good example because when you feel disconnected, you got to follow his example. I want to say to somebody, he obeyed until the end. He was beaten, nailed to a cross. They nailed one hand. They nailed the other hand. They spit on him. They beat him. They said all kinds of things about him, but yet, Hallelujah. He obeyed to the end. I'm going somewhere with this. You see, it was love that kept him on the cross. It was love that kept him from giving up. It was love that kept him going when Judas betrayed him. It was love when all the disciples deserted him. It was love and he gave me a good example that in spite of what's going on in my life, I still have the obligation to obey his word. Because see, I'm in love with him. Not, I'm not just forced to serve him. I'm in love with him, pastor. So that's the reason why I serve. The reason I serve him, the reason I come every Sunday is not because you told me to, but because of what he did for me on Calvary. I want to tell somebody here, if it had not been for love, hallelujah, you wouldn't be here today. You and I would be a wretch undone. Why? Because he obeyed to the end. He kept his father's commandment. Love kept him on the cross. The question is, what will keep you in love with him? Give God a hand clap of praise. I have a good example. When they marched him up the Villa Della Rosa, when they stretched him wide, when they dropped him low, when they put him in a borrowed tomb, a borrowed tomb. We had a good example. Do we have a good example? You better believe it. He says, just as I, he says, never forget my sacrifice. Most people have birthmarks that are specific to them whether moles or any other kind of unique identification mark. Some of us got some strange birthmarks. Designers are known for their trademarks. They have logos of different various kinds. And even if, they don't, if you don't read the name like Starbucks, you can tell it's Starbucks by the logo, by the design. 
God likewise has established a mark, a very clear mark by which his children